This episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast is sponsored by Kix. Kix is an online film and television retailer specializing in the latest Sony, Universal, and Paramount films and television shows. You can use the exclusive code OZGEEK15 to receive 15% off your order. Thank you to the wonderful team at Kix. Now to the review. Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pado, and today I'll be doing a review of one of my most anticipated films of the year, and I would say of the last two years, because this is one that's been delayed multiple times, um, predominantly due to COVID, but also due to the acquisition of Fox through Disney, and that is Antlers, Scott Cooper's uh, foray into the horror genre, which is something I was incredibly interested in seeing. Now, for those who don't know, Scott Cooper directed films like Crazy Heart, Out of the Furnace, uh, Hostiles, and Black Mass. Um, And each of his films have a very interesting aesthetic to them. They're all incredibly good-looking movies, but they all have this dark undertone to it. And normally dealing with something of an, you know, allegorically going on that sort of, I guess, what the main story is about, but it's not really about. And it's just the way that he really positions himself as a director. And I'm a big fan of his. I think Out of the Furnace is an incredibly underrated film and Crazy Heart as well I really liked. Um, Hostiles I didn't love, but I appreciated. And Black Mass is a really underrated thriller. So he's done some really interesting things behind the camera. And when that first trailer for Antlers came out, I was like, wow, this looks really, really good. And one thing I can say is that it's just an incredibly well shot film. Uh, cinematographer Florian Hofmeister, um, who's behind um, this one, and he he's done work before in other other films, not as well known, I guess. Mordecai um, being something that he's done, but a lot of the films that he's sort of taken on um, uh, more of you know, well, I guess foreign films, not not Western um, American films, essentially, but. He's done some really interesting things, I guess, here um, as as a director, and it feels like it's a Scott Cooper-directed film, and I really like that. It's a marrying of great cinematography with a really well-established director, and I really like what both are able to do here. I really love just the aesthetic of this film. The whole time it feels incredibly dark and dirty, and the whole time whilst watching the film, that's how I felt. I felt really uncomfortable. And that's what I was supposed to be feeling at the time. And I've looked at a lot of people saying that, ah, oh, there's not a lot of substance here. And I don't really know where those comments are coming from because there is a lot going on here. I'm not going to delve too much into spoilers, but I'll give a light spoiler warning because I will be discussing a few things here and there that might be of the spoilerific nature. Um, and it might be a bit of a deterrent for people who haven't seen the film. And I just applaud everyone to go out and see this film. It's not doing too well at the box office, and it's a bit of a shame. Um, in my screening, uh, there were four people there. Um, it was on a Thursday night, but, yeah, there weren't many people there. But it was still really good to see this one on the big screen because it's an incredibly good-looking film, and it's the type of movie I want to support it's a director's like vision like they're they're really behind this movie to say hey this is the story i want to tell and this is how i want to tell it and i think that's interesting in the in the aspect as well that this is now i guess technically a disney film so 
it, it's great that this film was released because there were three horror flicks all under um, Fox at the time, or four, I guess, if you want to count Underwater. All four films um, have fared pretty well in the sense that I've liked all of them. Underwater was fine. It's probably the weakest of the four. Uh, you've heard me talk multiple times about The Empty Man and what I think of that film. Uh, the Night House as well, which I'm hoping to do a review of shortly as well, is fantastic. Brilliant film um, from director David Bruckner. And now we've got Antlers. And each of these films just feels so unique in their own own right. And it's really cool to actually see something like this get a wide release. Like I, I live in a pretty regional area here in Australia. So we don't get, you know, a lot of major releases sometimes. Like some sort of miss the... Um, miss the boat here in, in regional New South Wales, but we'll get a you know a, a DVD and Blu-ray release. But I'm really happy I got to see this one on the big screen because, like I said, it's just a really good-looking film. Um, but before I get too much into that, let's just get stuck into the trailer first and then we'll go from there. So take it away, trailer. Can anyone give me an example of a myth or a story they're afraid of. Lucas. We found a part of a man in the woods today. The other half was found in the mine. It's got to be an animal. No animal I've ever seen. Something is going on with Lucas. These drawings belong to a student of mine. This is what was in the mind. It's a diabolical spirit. This is a myth you're talking about. For you, yeah, but a cautionary tale to the people who believe in it. He'll come for me. He needs me. So Antlers, like I mentioned, was directed by Scott Cooper and stars Kerry Russell, Jesse Plemons, Jeremy T. Thomas and Graham Greene and follows uh, um, in an isolated town in Oregon, a middle-aged uh, school teacher and her sheriff brother who become embroiled with her um, enigmatic student uh, whose dark secrets lead to a terrifying uh, encounters with a sexual ancestral creature who came on them before in the past, essentially. And that that's, uh, I guess, that's the plot on its surface. And I, I guess a lot of the stuff here, like with, with it, that, that's come on them before in the past is sort of like a bit of a, it's more allegorical there than literal. Um, and a lot of this film you have to sort of look at through the lens of what is actually going on and what I guess we're seeing thematically and the, the ties between the two of them. And I think that's the most interesting aspect of this film, 
essentially this boy Lucas, uh, who Kerry Russell's character is teaching at school. Um, and by the way, the boy gives a terrific child performance. Like he is really, really good here. Um, this boy is just going through an incredibly difficult time, um, obviously outside of what's going on um, when we find out that there's, you know, this ancient demon who has essentially uh, taken over the body of his father. We sort of just see the inner workings of this uh, family dynamic and the perception of this community. We see that this community in Oregon, um, essentially it looked like it was a mining town, uh, the mines don't have work anymore because everything has just sort of been taken from the mine. There's nothing left. And I think it was a coal mine. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing left. And a lot of families are leaving the town because there's no work for them there anymore. So the people that are left over are essentially very low socioeconomic families. And uh, this poor kid, Lucas, is a victim of that where his mum's passed away and his dad is a meth dealer. Um we get this incredibly entertaining, um, from a horror perspective, opening sequence where the younger brother of Lucas, Aiden, is just exploring this old abandoned mine. Um, and he goes back to his dad's truck and we hear this, you know, this snarling from like a creature. And um, his dad's using a flare to navigate through the mine shaft where they essentially got their meth lab set up. And he goes back to his son and we get this interaction between Aiden and his dad that sort of sets up the family dynamic. And I thought that the dad himself sounded like he wasn't that bad of a man. Now, I could be reading it wrong, but just the conversation he has with Aiden at the time. Now, him being a meth dealer and everything, put that aside for a second. And we're just speaking specifically of his interaction with his son here. I thought that it was interesting in the sense that he doesn't come across as that typical asshole character. And I was expecting him to when we get introduced to him. I honestly thought it was just going to be, uh, I, I didn't think this was going to be the catalyst for the story. I thought it was going to be, you know, just a one-off kill essentially to set up our horror film, but it's the catalyst for the entire story. Um, and yeah, it, it was very in interesting seeing that dynamic set up because it sort of subverted my expectation to begin with. Uh, we're then introduced to Kerry Russell's character who's moved back in with her brother, played by Jesse Plemons. The two of them used to live in this town in Oregon as kids, um, but through various flashbacks, we see that both of them were abused by their father um, in a sexual, physical, and emotional manner. Um, so that's pretty full-on, and we see that it's impacted. Jesse Plemons is very lay-off, um, very standoffish kind of cop. He's not really as hands-on as what he probably needs to be. Um, he's obviously going through a tough time having to evict families from their homes in this situation because foreclosures on, um, you know, houses in the town because, you know, these mining families can't afford, so they've all got to pack up and leave, essentially, and he's evicting people from their houses. So he's going through that. The fact that his emotionally detached sister has moved back in with him as well. They've obviously had a bit of a strained relationship. We get through, a, you know, from a, through a, a few... Uh, throwaway lines um, as well of dialogue but I think that their relationship is sort of the core of the film I like their relationship it felt very realistic and now I don't know anyone who's been through the situation that they've of course been through um, as children but are more so realistic in the sense that they sort of interact with one another like siblings would especially siblings who haven't seen each other for some time so I found that dynamic to be interesting and, again, realistic. And because it was realistic, 
it was easy to connect with both of these characters. Um, I also enjoyed the general atmosphere that's surrounding this town. It's very doom and gloom, and we have offhand uh, lines of dialogue through, like, you know, um, news uh, stations. I think the radio is playing at one cent, uh, time, just, you know, giving us that bit of exposition to explain what's going on in the town. There's the various, you know, news clippings and things like that explaining what's going on. Um, we have some text that's read in uh, Native American at the start of the film too, just saying that, you know, giving us a bit of insight as to what the creature is. Now, this is a spoiler, I guess, and something that leads into the whole story. Um, but essentially the character is what they call the Wendigo, uh, which is essentially like, I guess, it's like a, a demon that preys on the weak, essentially. Um, and that's what the reveal of the character or the the monster with antlers is. Um, it's the Wendigo, which is a very scary demon-like creature that takes on the body of someone vulnerable. Uh, in this situation, it is the father. Now, his vulnerability comes from the fact we assume that he lost his job because of the closing of the mine. His wife has passed away, and he's fallen on hard times raising two young kids. So his vulnerability comes from that. Um, and, yeah, the, the demon's essentially taken his body and it takes over him. Um, and Paul Lucas, um, essentially the, um, the dad now is looking after Aiden, uh, the younger boy, um, and they're both becoming infected with this, what the Wendigo is. And I think the implication here is that allegorical sense of the infection is kind of, you know, this... I guess the emotional state of this family and it's sort of affecting in there and that that's the metaphorical allegorical sense of what's going on. And Paul Lucas is living by himself and having the burden of having to deal with this because his dad is essentially um, turning into a monster. Um, and he's lost his brother too, because his brother's stuck with his dad because his dad's being incredibly protective still, even though he's resulted into a complete animalistic state, he's still got that protective um, nature over he, over his brother. Um, and we get some offhand comment later in the film where Lucas is speaking with uh, Kerry Russell about his dad. And he's like, if, um, he's different. He's not the same dad as what he used to be. He loves me more, which makes me think that maybe there's some blame potentially of the death of his mother. Um, and Lucas obviously has taken the brunt of that either physical or emotional abuse. And now that his dad is transformed into this Wendigo monster, he's not cruel to him anymore. So he's being rewarded for being nice to him in the sense that he's, you know, feeding him like dead animals and things like that. So he's, and he says, the more I feed dad, the, the nicer he is to me. And it's just like this incredibly sad view of this relationship between this family because Lucas doesn't come across as your typical damaged kid in these films. A lot of the time they come across as someone who, you know, is again very standoffish and doesn't really want to interact with the outside world. But instead what we get here with Lucas is that he wants to, you know, he wants to say something but he can't, but he's not rude. He's very polite to Kerry Russell when she's looking after him. He has great manners, but he talks to her. He's not like the typical kid who just sits there in silence, you know, staring out the window. 
He's not like that. And I like that it broke down that genre convention because it's something that normally frustrates me because I don't know if, and I can't speak to that situation because again, I haven't been involved in a situation where I have experienced that kind of abuse, but in the in and in a lot of those situations, you always think to yourself, "It's like, oh man, if I saw a demon or a, or you know a, a fucking uh, Native American like deer like creature, I'm not keeping that in. I'm telling everyone, but it gives you reason as to why he is sort of protecting his dad. So they find, for instance, um, after his dad's escaped because um, uh, the principal goes and looks uh, into the kid because Kerry Russell makes a complaint saying there's nothing, that something's not right at this house, like you need to look into this. And um, the car's there and Lucas covers up the car and I took that as Lucas just doesn't want this getting out because Lucas feels incredibly guilty but he's also in the situation where he needs to protect his younger brother and also his father. And I like that because you just get so much character with this kid. Like there's so much going on with him and it's just portrayed in a way where it feels very realistic. And I, I liked again, that it broke down that genre convention and sort of played with it a little where it felt more realistic and it felt, you know, in, in tone with the rest of the film. Now this film is incredibly nihilistic in the sense that it, it it's, it's very grim look on humanity and, I guess what would come out of these situations, especially like the ending, the ending is like heart wrenching and really hard to swallow, but it's done in a way where it just feels very incredibly realistic to these characters. And I don't know if that's what I was expecting from this film, because I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. That trailer came out like two years ago. I saw the trailer for this film and I was like, Oh, that looks interesting. And the poster came out, but then because of COVID and the delays, honestly hadn't seen anything for it. I I saw the critical consensus come up on my newsfeed on Instagram. I had a quick read of that and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And a few of my buddies who review films too, I, I checked out their reviews. But I have stayed away from any footage or anything of it and I walked in with a very fresh sense. Like I was tossing up between The Eternals this and The Last Jewel, the, all three films I'm going to end up watching before they finish in cinemas. But um, that specific night, I was like, what am I going to watch? And I was like, oh, I'll go see Antlers. Well, why not? And yeah, man, did I have a good time watching this movie. And a good time in the sense that I just enjoy watching a really well put together film. It has a lot of character there. Um, like I said, it's incredibly, it's just incredibly shot. It's one of the most beautiful looking horror films I've seen in recent years. Um, I talked about how good Paranormal Activity Next of Kin looked, and it was a good-looking flick, but this just takes it to the next level. This is such a good-looking movie. Um, incredibly well-acted. Kerry Russell is just brilliant. I don't know if you have seen the show The Americans, but, man, is she good in that show. And uh, she's just as good here. She's just a fantastic actress, like, next level, like, top top shelf. She's she's brilliant. Um I found Jesse Plemons to be really good too, and I, I've talked about him in the past, but he's an incredibly underrated actor. Cannot wait to see him work with Scorsese next year in um, Killers of the Flower Moon, I think it's called, Flowers of the Killer Moon, whatever it's called. Um, we're really looking forward to seeing him work with Scorsese because he's just a, uh, he's next level too. But it's just the combination of everything that goes on in this film, and it's just one of those films that, uh, like, it's not inherently scary, and I was saying that to my partner after I saw it. It's not 
it's not a scary movie. And I, I, I'm pretty desensitized to a lot of that sort of thing, but I did not find it scary. I just found it to be incredibly well put. And I like that it dealt with the idea of, you know, like an ancient um, Native American demon. Like it's just such a unique take on that type of story. It's just completely different to what I was expecting, but different in a good way. And like I said, I, I walked into this with pretty much a blank slate. I honestly didn't know what to expect. And it, it's the most refreshing time I've been to a movie recently where I've just walked out of it thinking, wow, that was just a really good experience. Didn't watch a trailer for over 12 months. I honestly couldn't remember the trailer. I just remember Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons were in it. Uh, and then I, I've gone and gone into it pretty much blinded. Um, and yeah, what a great time. Such a good movie. Um, I really, really like this one. And yeah, the creature designs are really cool. And now I know uh, Gamenro del Toro is the uh, producer, executive producer of this film. Don't know how much influence he had there. I mean, the creature design, I believe it's practical at the end of the film too. It's shrouded in a lot of darkness, uh, which made me feel like it potentially was. Um, but yeah, really, really cool creature design. And I don't know yeah, if, if it was del Toro's um, influence at all. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, funny enough, the design reminded me more so of David Bruckner's film, uh, which I mentioned at the start because uh, he directed The Night House, which, again, I'm hoping to cover soon. Uh, but he's filmed The Ritual and the representation of Loki in that film. It, very similar design uh, in a good way. Uh, very, very creepy, very disgusting, but really well put. Some of the body horror stuff in this too is incredibly creepy. Uh, when the dad's um, transitioning into the Wendigo, it's really off-putting and really gross, um, but good body horror, like the sort of thing that, you know, it made me feel the way that it's supposed to make me feel, and that's a good thing. So I, I really like the way that it was put in this film. Um, like I said, uh, this is spoilers ahead, more major spoilers than what I've given away at the start of this review. Um, but essentially, the ending of the film, um, Aiden, uh, the mythology with the uh, Wendigo is that it takes, or after it's killed, it will take um, on the form of someone else afterwards. And unfortunately, it's uh, Lucas's younger brother, Aiden, and Kerry Russell has to kill Aiden like to put an end to it, essentially, um, which doesn't end up being the case, especially with the ending, which I'll talk about in a second. But poor Aiden is killed, and Lucas, like, ah, oh, man, that poor kid, like, he's lost. And, and that's what I mean about that nihilistic sense to it. It's just, like, it's heart-wrenching. Like, the poor kid's lost his mom. He's lost his dad in the most horrific way. Now he's lost his brother. Poor kid has literally nothing. All he's got left now is Kerry Russell, who's taking him um, with Jesse Plemons, which is good, and it's good arc for their characters. But we get the hint at the end of the film that maybe Jesse Plemons is now the Wendigo. Um, it's not definitively confirmed, but it pretty much is because we see the black goose dripping out of his eye and um, it looks like he's crook. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a full on, full on 90, 99 minutes. I think the movie goes for full on time and incredibly, like I said, gut wrenching, but gut wrenching in the way that it is still remotely satisfying because of the arc of our two central characters with Jesse Plemons and Kerry Russell they get the closure they need and you feel that Lucas is in for a new start in the sense that if he was being abused by his father, which I believe is the implication, that's not going to occur anymore because his father's out of the picture and now he can sort of start afresh with people who genuinely care about him 
and it's sort of underdone a little with that Jesse Plemons reveal, maybe, but it just depends on the situation. We're not going to see how that plays out. I would like to think that Kerry Russell is going to look after this kid now and the two of them are going to be happy together. And I would like that to be the closure because it's what they both deserve after all the bullshit that they've been through because it's incredibly, incredibly sad to watch um, this poor kid because he's he's underweight. He looks malnourished, uh, which is props to the, the way that they got the kid prepared, I suppose, for the movie um, because he looks malnourished. He looks scared. He looks... Um, Poor kid's got, like, these tattered clothes. He's wearing his dad's, um, like, hunting jacket. It's just a, uh, incredibly, yeah, like I said, just heart-wrenching during, like, 90% of the movie, and you just feel incredibly sad for this kid. It's just really hard um, to swallow, I, I, I found it. And that sort of goes into the fact that this whole thing feels very realistic. But, yeah, just really, really sad. But overall, guys, this is a fantastic film. Um, even if you don't like horror... I'm, I'm almost tempted to recommend this movie to you because there's so much good here. Um, I, I can't wait to see. I, I would love Scott Cooper to do more in this genre because it feels like it's tailored towards his ability and talent. And like I said, this movie's not inherently scary to me. Maybe it scares a few people. There's a one really effective jump scare uh, where we have the reveal that Kerry Russell's found the um, car... Um, that Lucas was covering up for the principal who's gone to investigate the house. Um, and it cuts to black. And then we get this camera flash and it's the crime scene. Like it cuts to the crime scene. But the transition was seamless and the camera flash was incredibly effective jump scan. No music or anything, just like just silence. And it was so good. Really well done. Um, I'm not a huge fan of jump scares, but that worked for me. That was really, really well done. But Scott Cooper, do more in the horror genre because you're brilliant and you have a lot to say. Um, and I really, really love this film. I'm going to give Antlers an 8.5 out of 10. One of the best films I've seen this year by far. Um, and one of the best horror films. Like I'll get into The Night House shortly um, in, in my next uh, couple of reviews. But this, yeah, this is up there for me. This is a really, really taut uh, film. It's really well directed. Uh, really well lensed, uh, props to the, the talent behind the camera and in front. Uh, the acting here is top-notch and really, really good. Uh, but yeah, really fantastic film, guys, so definitely check it out. But that brings this review to a close, guys, so thank you very much for listening. Make sure you check out my other reviews. I've been trying to get to the cinemas as much as I can now that they're reopened and hoping to get more reviews out for you guys. I'll try and review as many things as I can I possibly can. Um, I, I, there's so many films that I want to review, but I just don't have the time. Um, I've seen The Harder They Fall, Army of Thieves, uh, The Guilty, a lot of these films streaming on streaming services at the moment, even being playing catch up, you know, with like Candyman, Fast Nine, Don't Breathe Two. I'm seeing all of these films, but it's just so hard for me to find the time to actually review every single one of them. I will always do my best, but I'm never going to be able to review everything. But I will always try and get my opinions out to you guys. So hopefully I'll be able to do a catch-up podcast maybe and just briefly speak about some of these films just so you know what I think and maybe just give a score on some of them. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's the plan. Um, yeah, make sure you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at OzMovieGeek. And make sure you get in touch with me too, guys, to talk movies. I always love talking movies with you guys. Um, you can message me on any of my socials or email me at uh, ozmoviegeek at gmail.com. 
That's OzMovieGeek at gmail.com. But yeah, guys, uh, looking forward to getting at it again in the next couple of weeks with a few more reviews. But until then, peace out. Thank you.